Welcome to episode eight, week eight of the NFL. It's beers and bets. Shout out to the many good friends I saw last weekend in Marietta, Ohio, for a fantastic homecoming weekend. I'm Keith Noel, and this is Gita Bread, Georgie Boy, Mr. Wonder. How was your weekend? Outstanding. Anything of note? Yes, I got to see three volleyball wins out of four. One I missed, had to watch on video. All right. I was going to tell you to do something, but you didn't do it. So let's get after it, Brad. What's on tap today? I am cracking open Anchor Brewing Company. Ordinarily, Keith likes to have a local beer. Anchor Brewing Company out of San Francisco, California. However, comma, 25 years ago, I lived in the Bay Area, so it's pseudo-local if you were in a time warp. Anchor Brewing Company, I got the Little Weekend. Light golden ale with natural mango flavor. It's nice to know you kept the fruit in there, George. I've heard about Anchor Brewing, but not that one. There you go. You know where I got this? I acquired this, not at a local beverage distributorship, but out of my own cooler, courtesy of my child with discretionary income. Liz Wonder left it in my cooler. Thank you, Lizzie. Which is interesting, because usually when I go to George's house, I put all the crappy beers that I don't want to drink in the back of his fridge. His daughter did the reverse. <laughs> Crack it open, baby. Let's see how Here it goes. Here we go, baby. There we go. Hey, today I was hoping to keep it local, as George said. I wanted to go down to Laurentide Brewing, one of our favorite places in Panyam. They have live music, soon to have food. Laurentide Brewing. But unfortunately, they do not can or let you take beers outside the establishment. As I found out, as I tried to escort a few bottles out today. So, with that in mind, uh, until November 16th, when canning begins, we won't have any Laurentide. So therefore, I just gave it up today, and I'm, I'm going straight Jack and Coke. Thinking about my days in the casino, and my nights in the casino. And sometimes my mornings. Georgie, had we do last week? <sighs> G-Dub, back to the even Steven. Six and six overall. One and one in my parlay, one and one in my straight bets. The definition of mediocrity, my brother. Well, it could be worse. I'm with you on that one. Seven to five this weekend. Back in the positive win column. One and one in my straight bets. The Falcons could not get over that two-point line with the Dolphins. Um, did cruise home with a nice Bengals winner. And again, my teaser cash. Pretty fired up. That's six out of seven weeks, people. New England and Green Bay, those were rock and share winners. Start cashing those tickets. I hope you, hopefully, some of you have. I'd like to hear back from you if you have. All right, so let's get started, George. You got a game you want to start with, or do you want me to kick it off? You can kick it. All right, let's go to Carolina at Atlanta. Now, this is an interesting game because to me, this is one of those games where you look at what have you done for me lately? Everybody sees Atlanta winning in Miami, they see Carolina looking ugly. U G L Y. Ugly. Now, the line is Atlanta minus three. However, Atlanta is 1-8-1, their last 10 in October. Mr. Rule, the coach of Carolina, is 8-2 on the road, ATS, as a dog. This is a great spot that I love. Division dogs on the road, less than five points. They're cashing at like 22-5, I believe, this year. And, (coughs) pardon me, the power rating for Carolina, they're actually favored by one over Atlanta. So, obviously, you can tell that I'm going to take Carolina. Also, the money, 61 percent of the money is bet on Carolina, only 37% of the handle. George, what do you got? 
I'm going back Carolina as well. As you talked about Atlanta not being able to cover last week. I'd have had a winning record had the Falcons not blown a two-touchdown lead, getting a field goal late to win the NFL game and lose Georgie Boy's bet. So we're going spite. Give me the Panthers. There we go. I like spite. Uh, yes, Atlanta up by two touchdowns. And then classic Matty Ice. Fumble, strip sack, give Miami the ball in a short field, let him get right back into the game. All right, speaking of Miami, George, what do you think about Miami at Buffalo? I have the line at 14. Is that what you've got? Uh, I had 13 and a half. You're way more current than I, so we'll say 14 for publishing purposes. <laughs> and quite frankly, it don't matter to me how much the line is. I just don't see how the fish compete. Buffalo's playing well. Tua's been reading all week about how Deshaun Watson's come and they want to get rid of Tua. My boy is not really set up to succeed. I don't see it happening for the fish. I'm laying the points. All right. George, um, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on this one, believe it or not. You know what? I love the big big double-digit favorites, so I asked myself, I need to take a deep dive. And I looked this year... This year, favorites of 10 points or more are 8-3. and three. I would never have thought that. So I said, all right, let's look a little further. In the last five years, 50%, 57% of double-digit favorites win. So apparently, laying the big lumber is not the worst thing in the world. Now, compound that. If the team lost the week before, then they go up to 67% covering, and that's where we find the bills. They're coming off a buy, but they're coming off a loss. Basically, a better team is going to not lose two in a row, and they're definitely not going to lose two in a row to a worse team. The Dolphins, as much as I want to find some hope for them, they're 2-8 and eight in a road revenge game. They got blown out in Miami, so you think, hey, maybe they'll have something to show for it back in Buffalo. Probably not. And they only have three picks on their defense compared to 15 touchdown passes. Um, we know that Allen is going to be ready to roll. I also like the fact in the last six games, Miami-Buffalo, I believe the over is 5-0-1. Buffalo off the bye. They're going to be rested. They're going to want to avenge that loss they had the week before the bye. And just one more great stat. When teams come from 1,000 miles away to Buffalo, Buffalo is 18-6, and six, George. So give me the Buffalo Bills. Bills Nation, jump on some tables. Let's go, Mafia. By the way, I think they had a tryout for somebody who could jump on a table for some commercial recently, which... I'm sure there were plenty of people and 40, in 40,000 people in Western New York showed up to the tryouts. <laughs> to get $100 for the commercial. Anyway, let's move on to San Francisco at Chicago. This is an interesting game to me because this is a game about image. You have Chicago, who just got done getting pummeled by Tampa Bay. They looked horrendous. Fields still looks horrendous. Nothing looks good with this team. So everyone's betting on San Francisco, but why? Why are you betting on San Francisco? You know what they've done in the last four games, George? Lose. They haven't covered. The last four games, they have not covered. Yet, they're on the road in Chicago laying four points. We know that when a team comes off a blowout loss, just like Chicago did, they've covered 58% of the time historically the last 10 years. So I am going to take the ugly Bears, and I'll take those four points. What do you got? It pains me to do this because the show is way less interesting. I have to agree with you. <laughs> Soldier Field. I would say this, Chicago's quarterback may or may not be ready for prime time, but at least he knows he's Chicago's quarterback. That's true. They asked Kyle Shanahan about Jimmy G, and he said, 
I guess <laughs> that's a ringing endorsement for the HMFIC. I struggle to go with that. I'll take dub airs and dub points. I, I hate to say it, I like it. It's an ugly game, but it's one of those games where there's a team that's called San Francisco and everyone assumes they're going to come in and roll in. So you got to be careful with games like that. All right, let's go to Pittsburgh at Cleveland, George. A little divisional game. Cleveland is laying three and a half. Where do you lie? Uh, the stats I saw said 54% of the bets for the Steelers, 67% of the money for Cleveland. Hopefully my stats are somewhat accurate. Here's the question. Hey, are you taking my babies? <laughs> using my babies now? Yeah, using my babies. You know what you usually go with is your gut. What, gut. Your, what does your gut tell you? Here's the question. Stick with your gut. <laughs> with the opposite, Jordan. <laughs> Can the Browns win? I'd lose that if I were you. <laughs> Can the Browns win without Baker or with a one-armed Baker? I say yes and yes. I'm going to give the three and a half, take the home favorite. Well, you talked about spite. <laughs> I think the fact that you're trying to take my babies is going to make me go to spite. No, it's not. All right. It's three and a half points. I don't like that hook. This is one of those division road dogs. Pittsburgh fits that mode. They're coming off the bye. They should be rested. Hopefully Ben wasn't out in the bar at the strip club drinking beers and hanging out with the girls. Hopefully he was resting up. But Pittsburgh, unfortunately, is 4-9 against division foes off a bye. They are 6-19 after an overtime game. As much as I would love to take that division road dog, I'm going to line up with Cleveland and take the Browns as well. My God, George, have we gone against each other once yet? Not yet. It's Ugh. a harbinger of things to come, I swear. I hope so. All right, here we go. Philadelphia at Detroit. What do you got for me? Philadelphia at Detroit. Let me look on my little sheet. What Detroit's favored by three and a half. They got it written somewhere. Well, this oh, game is really bad, so you might have even wrote it down. I wrote it down. Is Jalen Hurts really ready? We ain't so sure. We know my man K-Large is not a fan of Jared Goff, however. Comma. Comma. Drink. <laughs> I say this. I say Philly gets it going just enough. Detroit finds another way to lose in excruciating fashion. I'm going to give the three and a half on a road favorite. Ah, finally, George, we can find a home where we disagree. All right, Jalen Hurts, 2-4 and four is a road dog ATS. We have two rookie coaches. We have one rookie coach, Detroit, who continues to try and do anything they can to win against the Rams last week. Two fake punts, went for it on fourth down repeatedly, did everything they could to try and stay in with the Rams. They ended up losing, but they did get the cover, and they just kept battling, and that's all they've done week in and week out. Philadelphia, what have they done? Well, they've lost five of the last six games, allowing 32.4 points per game in that stretch. How in the world are they favored by three and a half points? This is one of those things you have to ask yourself, who is Philadelphia be favored by anybody? Do you know what? A couple weeks ago, you know who else was favored by three and a half against Detroit? The Cincinnati Bengals. Do you think Philadelphia is the Cincinnati Bengals, George? No, I do not. You do not. So we will take the Detroit Lions. Give me them. And now... For a word from our favorite sponsor. Wait, wait, you're actually ready? I'm actually ready, baby. Then go with it. Finger Lakes Realty. Keeping it real in real <laughs> estate. 
your hometown real estate agent just listed, fresh off the market, right out of the oven, dry storage barn, 1441 Outlet Road, 1441 Outlet Road in Penyan. Let me tell you about this, 40 by 62 feet, four tenths of an acre for a mere 72 large. Curious? Interested? Contact Jenna Kerbo, 315-759-9002. That's 315-759-9002. Call her 24-7, free market analysis, Finger Lakes Realty. They're the go-to guys and gals. Hey, what could you put in a storage barn, George? Damn near anything you wanted. Like a boat? You could put a boat in the barn. Cars? Cars. People? People. You could have a party there. RV party party. Is there land with that barn? Four tenths of an acre. You could actually go hunting there. Well, you have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> if you're an excellent shot. And now, the figure like stat of the week. The New York Jets have been outscored 44 to nothing in the first quarter. Could that be possible? It's plausible. All right. So it appears a first quarter or first half play on Cincinnati would probably be the way to go. Let's get back to the action, George. The Los Angeles Rams are at Houston. 1 p.m. kickoff. I've got about a 14-point line. Houston getting the points. My question is this. Do you have faith in Houston? Houston, they have a problem. Not only are they not good enough, they're, they've read the papers. They know they're not good enough. Right? You're telling me the Rams, they got to travel. That's an issue. Not that much of an issue. Rams offense is rolling. Cooper Cup is the MVP of every, fill in the blank if you like expletives, of every fantasy football league out there. Cooper gets another touchdown. Rams win by two touchdowns plus. Give me the favorite. All right. Now, again, I brought up about how favorites of 10 or more this year are 8-3. and three. So you got to ask yourself why. Well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, a lot of these games have to do with these rookie quarterbacks who are god-awful, George. Back in the day, they might have had a couple of years to get them slowly into the program. Now, they're all jumping in. Why? I'm going to call it the Burrow Syndrome. Because of Burroughs at Cincinnati, has had a great year. All these guys think they're ready to jump in. These kids are not ready to jump in, and they're getting blown out. Now, the other phenomenon is that we're going for it on fourth down. Look at that Lions game. They're going for it at their own 40-yard line, at the 50-yard line. They're doing fourth and eights. They're going for it. They're inside the 10 at fourth and one, and they're going for it. So teams are basically saying, I don't care about the spread. I'm just hoping that we can keep it close. And guess what happens when you don't keep it close a couple times on fourth down? Then that's when you get these crazy blowouts. You Blowout city. Blowout city. And that's what's happening again and again. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen with Houston because Tyrod Taylor is not back yet. The Rams, unbelievably, are scoring on 50% of their possessions. That's pretty good, George. That's not half bad. However, comma, drink, Houston is only scoring on 25% of their percent of their possessions. They are averaging eight points a game since Mills has taken over for quarterback. Laying 14 points, eight points per game. Let's say Houston gets 10 points. You're asking the Rams to score 25, 26, 27, 28 points. I think it can be had, George. Give me the Rams, and I'm laying the points, which I cannot believe I'm doing it. All right, let's move on. This game has intrigue. Tennessee at Indianapolis. We have a 1 p.m. game. We have a short road dog, which you know I love. 
We have the favorite in the series is 8-1. and one. We have both teams are smoothing right into this game. Indianapolis is on the uptick. Tennessee has been playing great, giving the rock to Henry. They're doing all the right things. Where do you go in this game, George? I got two words for you. King Henry. The Colts have done a great job defending damn near every running back in the National Football League, with the exception of one man who happens to be showing up on Sunday at 1 o'clock and going to tote the rock 25 to 30 some odd times. Tennessee gets it done on the road, establishes dominance in that division, and takes the division going away. I can't fault you there, George. However. Drink, drink. I am going to go with Indianapolis. As much as I love Tennessee and the way they've been playing, 25% of the money, 15% of the bets are on Indianapolis. Nice little contrarian play. The line is ticking at one and a half. The favorite in this series is eight and one. I'm going to take Indianapolis. They are just keep continuing to play better and better. By the way, do you know Carson, Carson Wentz? 11 touchdowns, one interception so far. That's pretty good. That's not bad. All right, let's move on to Cincinnati at the NY New York Jets. This line, look-ahead line, way back when, was Cincinnati minus 3.5. Obviously, we know things have changed. Now the line is 10. I'm asking myself, George, is 10 points enough? Because the New York Jets have got to be the worst team in the NFL. Correct? Absolutely concur. They now have a fifth-round draft pick at the helm. Wilson was bad. This guy has got to be worse. And they signed Joe Flacco and decided we're not going to play him. We want to give this kid two weeks to try out. Well, good luck against Cincinnati, who's one of the top five defenses in the league. Hello. The only thing, only thing I can fear is that possibly Cincinnati, because they're a young team, might be getting two full of their press clippings and come into this game a little bit lazy. However, comma, they are 11-4 after a blowout win, but I ask myself, when is the last time Cincinnati had a blowout win in their history? This goes back to Collinworth years, right? Anyway, uh, the Jets are 2-13 and after having a minus 3 in the turnover margin, so that looks good. But there's no way, to me, this line should be more than that. So I'm going with the Bengals. What do you got, George? I'm on a back Cincinnati to take down the J-E-T-S Jets on the backs of two Bayou Bengals. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they were great in the NCAA, <coughs> and voila, they've been great in the National Football League. Sounds to me like a mismatch against a dysfunctional team with an unproven quarterback who likes to turn the ball over. Give me the Bengals. Crazy game. Crazy game, George. All right, so this game, to me, so interesting. New England. At Los Angeles, Chargers, formerly San Diego. San Diego, Super Chargers, Chargers. Four o'clock game. Where are you going, George? The line is down to four, by the way. It opened at five and a half, down to four, which means where is it moving to? It's moving towards the dog. Moving towards the dog. The road dog. The road dog. K. Lodge loves his stats about <laughs> how the hoodie outsmarts every rookie quarterback. However, comma. Drink. Thank you very much. It's been a rough night. <laughs> I don't know how many more of these Jack and Cokes K. Lodge can handle. Um, however, comma. I'll try. Our boy Justin Herbert is not an OT, a rookie, and he is not your average NFL quarterback. I'm on a back 
San Diego Superchargers. I give the points. Is that only because you were stationed there? It has something to do with it. I spent a few afternoons at uh, Jack Murphy Stadium. That's bias recency. Anyway. Recency bias. Thank you. It's like uh, uh, eye-hand coordination. Exactly. Deb Carbo. <laughs> anyway, let's take a look at this game. The Los Angeles Chargers are favored by four. They were favored by five and a half. The line is completely pushed down. So that means everybody's jumping on New England. However, comma, the... <laughs> Money being spent is 54, uh, 59% on the Chargers, 54% on the handle. Chargers coming off a, a bye, so they're rested. What's their biggest weakness is their run D. However, New England is 22nd in yards per carry, so that's not their strength. The hoodie, which everybody seems to love, which I guess he's warranted that. You should love him. The best. You don't have to love him, but you have to respect him. True anyway, that. the New England Patriots are 3-4. and 3-4, and four, George. And they're getting all this love, right? Who have they beat? Jets twice. And the Texans. So they are 3-0 against the Jets and the Texans, the number one and two worst teams in the league, and 0-4 against the rest. All right? Now let's, let's take a little bit of a look at that, right? Let's think about that. The Chargers are coming off a, a bye, coming off a blowout loss. Teams that come off a blowout loss are 59%. Off a loss and rested the Chargers off a bye are 4-1. The lead official, by the way, it's 58%. For the home team, you love my lead official stats. And as much as I love those little short road dogs, which New England is, I don't think the spread is right. I think the Chargers will be favored by 7, 7.5. I think the only reason they're not is because of the hoodie. So I think this is an inflated line in our favor. I'm with you, George. I'm taking the Chargers. There we go. And now, let's hear from our friend in Vegas, John Tanner. John Tana! Unfortunately, John Tana saw a little regression last week when he went 1-2. However, he's still crushing it with an overall record of 6-3. For this weekend, John Tana likes the Oregon State Ducks. No, not the Ducks, the Beavers. Sorry, wrong animal. Oregon State Beavers, minus 2. He says they will run Cal. This number is way too short. He loves SMU as a pick him over Houston. SMU, the Mustangs, are the class of the league. Sonny Dykes will outcoach the hell out of Holgerson, who is overrated. Ooh. Notre Dame, minus three and a half over UNC. UNC's defense is horrible. This is one of those rare lines where Notre Dame is not overinflated, Georgie. Be not afraid to root for touchdown Jesus. Finally, Mississippi State is getting a point against Kentucky. This game reeks of last week's Okie State game when they walked into the hornet's nest. Kentucky has had a fantastic season. Great team. But this is just not the right spot for them. Good luck, everybody, says John Tanner. May your bets be winning ones. In Tanner, we trust. Let's get back to the action. Final games of Week 8. We have got Jacksonville, Seattle. For crying out loud, Seattle's only favored by three. Who the hell is Jacksonville to only be getting three points against anybody? I mean, the Dolphins could be the third worst team in the league because Jacksonville beat them. So they're the fourth. Off the bye against AFC West, Jacksonville, two and 13. Seattle, before the bye, is eight and two ATS. 4 0 against AFC teams, outscoring them 27 to 12. They are 12 1 and 2 after losing a conference game. AFC, NFC, when a favorite plays these games, they're 13-5. and five. I don't care if you're a quarterback, George, or Geno Smith's that quarterback, they're going to beat Jacksonville. What do you got? 
We're back to the way the dynamic of this show was in the beginning. I'm flipping the script. I'm going Jacksonville. Give me the points. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence to outduel Geno. I don't care how loud they try and get in the pack Northwest. The guys who play defense for the Seattle Seahawks are just not that good. Trevor Lawrence figures it out. Here's my real question of the day, aside from who wins or loses the football game. Will Urban Meyer spend some time <laughs> on the, the, the coast of Seattle and go to the original Starbucks and see who happens to be hanging around? That's my question. Uh, he might go to Starlights. I don't think he's going to Starbucks. By the way, Seattle... 0-4 at home this year, much like New England was when they pasted the Jets. Look for more of the same of that. All right, Washington is at Denver, George. Denver, favored by three. Teddy, 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 two gloves. I'm going to give the three. Denver rating the ship. Washington just don't figure it out. Mile high, too high, too long of a trip. Long, sad trip back. On the plane for the Washington football team. Well, I would agree with you, George. Um, Teddy Two Gloves, a little bit of the luster is worn off for me. However, comma, this has been a big night of drinking with those commas. Heineke, only one in five ATS. He seems like he does the right thing, but he's kind of got that Matt Ryan syndrome where he always finds a little bit of the wrong thing. Last weekend, four red zone visits. Three points against the Green Bay Packers, who had yet to stop anybody inside the 10-yard line before these guys. Washington always seems to find the wrong thing to do. Denver 12-3 and after that Thursday night football games. They're on a little bit of rest. I've talked about the NFC-AFC. The favorite tends to do well. This year, 13-5. and There's a little bit of unfamiliarity. So I am with you again. We have too many games to like, George. Let's move on to Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Something tells me we're not going to agree on this one. Go ahead and start. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. As long as this game stays under seven, I'm going to give the points. Bucks going into the dome, taking care of business. Good Jameis, bad Jameis, indifferent Jameis. Does it really matter to me? Tampa. Got it going on. I used this analogy in previous week. To me, the only way the Saints get it done is if Alvin Kamara can find himself a telephone booth and go, Superman! And that's just what might happen. And you know what else is going to happen? We get to use the word I haven't used in a while. Contrarian! Contrarian! 6%. That's it, people. 6% of the bets are on New Orleans. This is a great spot for New Orleans Money line, baby. Take the money line. Not only is Alvin Kamara going to go off, but Tampa Bay's secondary is not that good. So this is going to be a great weekend for good Jamison. Going into the bye week, Tampa Bay 2-9-1. They're a little fat and sassy. They're enjoying themselves. I think they're going to get a little comfortable in the big bayou. Thomas won't because Thomas is Thomas. But the rest of that Tampa Bay team may get out on the Bourbon Street strip and do themselves a little bit of damage. Or maybe New Orleans will pull a little Lawrence Taylor and send some ladies up to the room to mess them up. But I'm going all New Orleans. I'm all in, baby. Moneyline, New Orleans. Let's get to the primetime game. Primetime! Sunday night, Dallas at Minnesota. George, I'm going to jump right in here because you know I love my primetime babies. 
Minnesota getting two and a half. Four and zero in this series is the dog. Ten and zero is Minnesota after an overtime game. Dallas six and zero ATS. Sooner or later they got to lose one, and I think this is their time. What do you got, George? If Dak plays, and right now it's he's listed as questionable, Dallas wins and covers. Because I am not a medical doctor, and I do not play one on TV or any <laughs> podcasts. Or at hotels. <laughs> exactly. Um, I cannot take my money and actually bet the game. Because we are in a podcast, I will pick Dallas and bet them. But I will not be putting down my own money on this game. Give me Dallas in a maybe bet. Good for you. And now we go to Monday Night Football. The Giants are at Kansas City. The Lions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Minus 10, minus 9.5. It depends on where you're going. What do you got? Especially if I can get 10, I'm going to take the 10. Back Danny Dimes against a dysfunctional D. How many Ds did I get in that sentence? (laughs) Give me the 10. Giants aren't too afraid of the bright lights. Leaving the big city, I'm going to take the points. Hope it works. That a boy. Let's take the points one time here, Georgie. Actually, that was nine and a half, so it's not a double digit because those things have stunk it up. But here's what we got. The Giants, last eight against Kansas City, seven and one. The head official, Mr. Reed, not the coach Andy Reed, <laughs> is two and eight against Kansas City when they're at home. Double-digit dogs on Monday Night Football are 26 and 10. This is an outrageous number. The power rating for this game is Kansas City 7. So you're getting three extra points in my mind. I like the way the Giants played. Like you said, Kansas City just seems a mess. Give me the points, and I'll take the Giants. All right, let's finish up, George, with some uh, teasers. What do you got going on? My two-team teaser. I'm teasing Cincinnati down to minus four against the J-E-T-S Jets. Very confident about that. I'm teasing Tampa from minus five and a half to pick them over New Orleans. To me, Tampa's going to win the game against New Orleans. Two-team teasers, Cincinnati, Tampa, book it. I hope that works out for you. All right, I'm going to take Tennessee from one and a half up to seven and a half, taking the points. I think it's going to be a good, tight game. And I love the Bears, so I'm going to take them up from four to ten, coming through a couple key numbers. Straight bets. I'm going to take Seattle minus three because I cannot believe that Jacksonville is going to show up on the left coast. And I love that Minnesota game, plus two and a half. I'll be taking a little bit of money line action on it as well. George, your straight bets? Let me go. San Diego, Superchargers, minus five and a half. And back in Tennessee, Derrick Henry run up and down the field, plus a point and a half. There you go. All right. Take us out of here, George. Hey, good luck tomorrow. Tomorrow being Friday for us. Penny and Mustangs, ladies soccer. Go give Bath hell. Stangs, baby! Sectional finals. Um... Hopefully we'll see you at Del Lago in a couple weeks. Everybody be good. Hasta la vista. Peace.